This is the Red Sign Podcast, a deep dive into legacy wealth building through real estate. Welcome to the show. It's the Red Sign Podcast coming at you with the best episode yet. I'm Clay Winder. And I'm Cameron Wilson. We're here to talk about something so, so excited, and that's about not just making money, but how to make a little extra money by avoiding taxes. So investors, we've been talking a lot on different episodes about lots of different ways to invest in real estate. And today we wanted to talk about how to avoid paying capital gains tax. There's two ways to avoid. Well, first of all, Cameron, what is capital gains tax? Basically, if you make money by holding a property for a while, and then you have to sell that property, the gains that you make, that's what you're taxed on. So you're taxed on that profit. So it is an income tax, but not the normal income tax. It's capital gains tax. And there's two ways to avoid it. The first one is the one that most people are, are aware of, and that is you can occupy. Back in the 90s, a law was passed that said, if you occupy a house or any property for that matter, two of the last five years, You do not have to pay capital gains tax. That's why you heard in a previous episode, we talked about house hacking. A lot of the young, the younger investors are very familiar with this. And and I pick on the younger investors because it's easier for them. They might jump into a dive or jump into a little condo or something that their long-term plans are to, uh, to have it be more or less an investment, something they might flip over the course of two, three, four, five years. Uh, But to avoid those taxes, they just move into it. And again, the the letter of the law on that is you must occupy or or have as your primary residence two of the last five years before you sell it. If you can check mark, yes, I occupied two of the last five years, you don't pay capital gains tax. Now for the rest of us, we're buying rental properties and we might either be buying them to flip them or we might be buying them to hold as a rental property. But at some point we might want to level up, which was also a, a great podcast episode that we did on leveling up. And we wanted to talk about, well, when you go to level up, how do you avoid those capital gains taxes. And the answer to that is the beautiful, amazing tool that the the IRS created called a 1031 exchange. Cam, what's a 1031? So basically it's in the tax code. It's section 1031. (laughs) That's why it's called that. Um, All of the fun tax uh, guidelines get some sort of name that's such a lame found. name. We yeah. should name it something cool, like another secret. Well, that's for the why rich. people don't know it is because it's got a dumb name. But basically, what you do is you defer your taxes by buying a new property by and, laterally moving your money yep. simply from one parcel or piece of real estate to another piece yeah. of real estate. Yeah, it, it's that simple, but yeah, it, it's a little more complex. There's a lot of rules that you need to follow. You can't just do it by yourself. Uh, but basically, when it comes down to it, you're buying something that's the same value or more usually and not having to pay a dime in taxes because of that. Right. And the logic be- behind the government is is fairly obvious, but it's simple. If you're going to cash out your investment to go play with it, to go spend your money, they want their piece of the action. They're going to tax you with capital gains tax. But if your intention is to simply move that money into another investment, the IRS doesn't want to penalize you for it. They want to, in fact, even encourage encourage you to keep your money in the economy, right? That's what tax code, the tax code is all to stimulate the economy in different ways. And a 1031 is a way to, and the reason I call it a tool or a benefit, it's the IRS saying, hey, investors, we want you to continue to invest in things. And there's more than just a 1031, but 1031 is specific 
to real estate. And so in, as a real estate investor, you should be very aware of 1031s. Uh, we use them often now because we are in that phase. And I say we, meaning Cameron and I, we are in that phase where we are leveling up some properties. We're not quite at that point in life where we want to cash out and go spend it on, on a new boat or go play with it. And when that time comes, we'll be ready for it and we'll pay taxes on it. But until then, we are in the building phase. So we want to 1031 from some of our older properties to you know bigger properties. So let's jump into it, Cam, a couple of just like obvious, and, and a lot of you probably are familiar with 1031s, but let's just go over a couple of the, the, the main things that you just definitely want to be aware of so you don't get, get caught messing up your exchange and then you're paying taxes. Well, first of all, you need to know that you're doing a 1031 exchange. You can't sell your property and then decide after you receive the money that you want to do it. Correct. You have to make the decision before you get a, a dollar or even the check in your hand. The money cannot touch you. If it does, you've already defaulted. So yep. you have, and we've had people at the closing table say, oh shoot, I do think I'm going to buy a rental property with this money. Can I hurry and do a 1031? And the answer is yes. And we have done it literally at the closing table where we call the exchanger. Uh, what do they call? They have a special name. I just call them exchangers, but the person that Sounds facilitates <laughs> the exchange account and uh, they whip up the paperwork and then that paperwork's in place so that the title company, instead of wiring that the proceeds from the sale, to your personal account, it goes to the exchange account, which is heavily regulated by the government. Again, you can't touch that money. Once it's there, tip number two is you have, you have 45 days to identify potential properties that you will move that money to. Yeah, with that, you, you can put three properties down that you might buy. You don't have to buy one of these three. You could buy all, <clears throat> you could buy all three of them. Um, or just one, but you have to put it down. If you do not buy one of the properties that you put down, that money does not fl flow through the 1031 and you are actually taxed on it. So you have right. 45 have days to get it. Yeah. Right. You'll have a, a, a defaulted exchange is what they call it, which you don't lose your money. It just comes back to you. You just miss the opportunity to save the, the save the taxes and you'll end up paying capital gains. One thing specific that I want to point out to you more veterans and you get and there might be a lot of people that are nodding their head right now. Make sure you identify the exact property. It cannot just be a complex or a neighborhood. You know, I might invest in one of the the properties in this neighborhood or a, in a condo in this complex, it has to be literally the piece of property that you will purchase. It needs to have the, the tax ID associated with it. They will verify and check that. So you've got 45 days to identify. You, you fill out the paper, you sign it, you send, send it to your exchanger. I really hope that's the name of the person, but there is a person that facilitates it. I just call her. They call her them the EQ. That's what the lawyer always know, calls it. So e exchanger sounds great. Yeah, exchanger's fine. Yeah. And uh, you send the paperwork, they'll confirm and say, okay, we've got it. We've got it documented. At that point, the next big tip is the reminder that you have 180 days after the first 45 to perform and close on that property. So when you are doing existing properties, and that's the most common, right? You've got your little townhome condo, you're ready to level up, you put it up for sale, you put the money into a 1031 exchange account, you identify your next house, duplex, triplex, whatever it is, you close on it within the 180 days, it's great, right? The money just moves over. Where it gets a little trickier and I wanted to touch on is 
is on construction. This is something that Cameron and I, Cameron and I had to learn just last year. And that is what happens when you want a 1031 from an existing property to new construction? Is that possible? And the answer is yes. But remember, one of the tips is you have to exchange your money into an actual closing, meaning you can't 1031 from a property and then put that money into an LLC that's paying for you know, rehab on an existing property or developing land and you're paying for development costs, you, you actually have to have a closing. Like you have to be purchasing real estate. And that is critical because we've had some people ask, well, hey, I want to, you know, use this money from a 1031 and use it to purchase, you know, let's say a production build. You've got one of our local builders are building properties and they want to do that. Well, the challenge is, is you might write your contract within, within that 180 days, but it doesn't close for six, seven, eight months, you're going to default. You have to close on it within that 180 days. So unless you can pick up a new build at the very end, that won't work. And so the point that I want to make is if you want to do that, you need to close on the land and then go finance you know, a new construction loan to build a property. So Cameron and I learned that last summer and we did decide to go build a fourplex. And so we 1031 exchanged from a, a, a little house that we sold to purchasing a lot. And we closed on that lot. And then after we closed on that lot, we used the value of that lot because we essentially paid cash for the lot to then go apply for the new construction loan to hire the builder to build our fourplex. Did I get all that right? Is that yep. clear? Yep. That's and it, so it totally exactly. works. So one of the requirements of a 1031 exchange, they say, well, it's got to be like kind. What they mean by that is essentially just real estate to real estate. Yeah. And so you could go single family to land, like we talked about. You could go to commercial, multifamily. A vacation uh, rental. A vac yeah, exactly. Yeah. An Airbnb, if you want to get into that, you can do all of that. Where it gets a little, well, impossible, but I hear that there's a way I'm just not familiar with it. It's just not code line 1031, but you can't sell real estate and buy crypto or buy Tesla stock or something. Now, yeah. again, I heard that there's a way to do it. If anyone's got knowledge on that, maybe hit a link, put a link in the comments on the podcast and we can check it out. There, there's probably some code out there that has a vehicle for that, but we're just not familiar with it. 1031 exchange specifically is real estate to real estate. Yeah. The other big thing with it is however you have title when you sell it, that has to be the same thing. So for yes. example, me and you own a property together in an LLC. Our LLC has to buy the next property that, that we're using the 1031 money. Great point. Which is also, if you're married and have a rental property and then get a divorce and want a 1031 that into a new property. You have a problem. Yep. You're putting the same people on the same title. Yes. Everybody take note on this. Partnerships, especially. We've had to, in anticipation of doing 1031 exchange. Just like Cameron said earlier, know that you're going to do a 1031. We've actually quickly moved title in and out of different partners' names because we knew that the person buying and getting the loan on the next property was not on title of the sale. So we quickly put in, you know, for example, we put the one in my name because we knew that it was my name that was buying the fourplex uh, to do that. So don't get yourself caught up with the wrong entity or the wrong human uh, doing this because it does need to be the same seller as the same buyer. Great. Yeah. So if you have the idea that you want to 1031, just knowing a little bit beforehand to do simple things. I mean, what did it cost? $15 to, to do the title to do company. A deed. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we were able to switch it all over. It's an easy addendum when you sell and then the uh, title company will set you up with an exchanger that will do everything. And then you just go find your new property. 
Mm -hmm. And then once you close on that property, you know, we usually just deed it back to the LLC once the dust is settled from the loan and the closing and all of that. Yep. Okay, so I guess the, the last thing, I'm just going to dive a little bit deeper, and that is naturally a lot of people just assume that you need to 1031 exchange up, meaning up in purchase price. And that's just kind of a common, a common concept that I've had in my head, and I learned it somewhere, but I didn't really know why, but I do know why now. But, but why is that? Why would you want to purchase for something equal or greater than what you just sold? It's called the boot. And really there's two, there's the cash and the mortgage. If you don't buy something that is worth more money, then you have a little bit left over. <clears throat> and the mortgage boot is when you have less of a mortgage before. So if you sell a house for, let's say $500,000, still have $250,000 on your mortgage, and then you end up buying something with only a $100,000 mortgage, there is a gap there. And that is the boot. You do pay capital gains tax on that. And it's the same thing, even if you don't do as big of a mortgage, but you don't buy as big of a property, <clears throat> that's the cash boot where you still have to pay money on that gap. And so if you buy something greater in value, there's no boot. You don't have any taxes to pay. Right. So I guess the, the reason why I wanted to underscore this is you, we might have investors listening that want to more or less consolidate some of their rentals and maybe you know, sell a few 1031 into less properties and have no mortgage at all. That's fine. And that's possible. Just be aware of the boot concept and know that you might have some leftovers, which essentially do get taxed, but it is possible. And, and, and it's a great strategy for a lot of people. If they, if they're, if it's time to hit that cash flow button and they want to have no mortgages on their property, then, you know, it's a great vehicle to do that. Well, and if you have a little money left over, right. in the cash side of things, Maybe go buy land in the middle of nowhere. Who knows where that's going to go? It's not going to cost you a whole lot to hold on to, but then you're not paying taxes. There's a lot or of different Or pay the things. taxes and go buy a boat and enjoy life because that's <laughs> why we invest, everybody. We invest so we can enjoy life. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Hopefully it was useful. We've got a lot more hot topics coming down the pipe. So hit that subscribe button and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Red Sign Podcast a deep dive into legacy wealth building through real estate. See you next time.